top shelf fantasy. All right, Shelf is back at it. Podcast 225, October 26, 2022. Podcast before this was podcast 224, of course, if you can count. Uh, we went over Jock Market um, promo code. So um, if you don't know what that is, listen to podcast 224. Go over news, injuries. There's a lot of it going on this week with trades and people out for the year. But um, right now we're going to go into some studs, some busts of uh, week seven. Hold, fold, buy low, sell high, and then we're going to do mid-season awards like we do every year. So, um, again, podcast 225, topshelffantasy.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at topshelffntsy. Uh, get right into it, Dows. You can start with this segment since you kind of put this together. Uh, a couple of quick hitter segments. Um, pretty much the, the players that did very well in week seven. Yeah, top dogs coming at you. Quarterback this week was Joe Burr. Burr. 39.24 points. I mean, he had an absolute hell of a day. There are people saying, can Joe Burr go for 65 and uh, set a record? And he didn't quite get there, but he had a, he had a great game. Um, Andy Dalton out of nowhere, 29.54 points. And then Danny Dimes, who's really stepped up this year and, and, and shown that he can play football at a high level. So two guys you don't really expect to see up here all too often, and then one guy who should be here uh, on a weekly basis and Joe or, Burrow. So. Or it. Ever like if, if you're telling me <laughs> heading into week eight, we're talking about Andy Dalton, Danny Dan, Dan's being two top three quarterbacks from week seven. Yeah, I would. I would. Uh, I would call it crazy. Yeah. Um, I'll get into the RBs. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Craig, you probably love to see this. I love to see this too. Being an owner of him in a lot of leagues this year, Thir- thirty-five points. I mean the the team's winning through Josh Jacobs, and they're going to continue to use him. Because that's a castaway to win. Yeah. <laughs> Casted him out in the beginning of the year. No one believed in him. Yep. Which is uh, very wrong. Austin Eckler has been on this list a, f- a few times 30.7 points. Kenneth Walker, 28.8. Uh, this guy is legit since Penny went down. Um, he's just taking the reins there. There's n- no one else there that can touch him. Aaron Jones had a 24.1 game, which means he'll score two points next week. <laughs> That is tradition. It's pancake breakfast. We do it every week. <laughs> uh, for the wide receivers, uh, starting to be exactly the same thing. Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd are both up here for the Cincinnati Bengals. 29 for Chase, 25 and a half for Tyler Boyd. Both blow up weeks uh, with obviously Joe Burrow having an amazing week as well. Uh, T Higgins down game, but uh, Tyler Boyd got the big, big uh, touchdown in the beginning of the game. Nicole Hardman, 26 fantasy points. That's his Largest number probably since his rookie year. And Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, look at that. Two Chiefs. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Own Chiefs 9. and Bengals players. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, High-powered high offenses. Who would have known? Yep. Uh, <laughs> We've so, been telling you that for years. Buy into the good offenses. Leave their other ones by the wayside. Yeah, it, it's, it, it is interesting uh, to see both the Chiefs up here, uh, two of them, because at the beginning part of the year, we were just like hoping and praying for 10 points for one of them. Uh, but that that's what we got. I mean, and even MVS had like 13 points. So yeah. they all had a startable day. Yeah. Especially against a good defense in uh, in San Fran, right? So tight ends. I guess we'll round out with them. We have to. George Kittle, 18.8 points. Is that his best game of the year? It's got to be. It's definitely up yes, there. Yes, it is. Thank it you, is. George Kittle. Yes. George Kittle <laughs> finally showing up. 
Um, Juwan Johnson, 17.7. That was Scott. Sleeper, sleeper of, of the year. Yeah. Of the year. That was crazy. Two touchdowns and a handful of yards. 0% yards. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Travis Kelsey on the other side. A very for, down week you know, for Kelsey, 12.8. 12.8 for the best tight end in the world. So, um, really, we get three Chiefs on this list uh, alongside Patty Mahomes. Is great. It's weird that Pat Mahomes didn't make the list. He must Mahomes have been was four. four. Yeah, yeah honorable mention. So, um, yeah, those are the top guys of the week. And then I tossed in this week a little new segment for us just to add. If we're going to do this side, we should do the foil to it, and we'll give you the bottom-feeding pieces of garbage this week or the bus of the week. Um so we do kind of top dog underdog segment. Uh, quarterback Lamar Jackson, ten point seven points. Um, this is kind of a judgment call. There were guys who scored less than ten point seven, but from what you expect out of Lamar and what he gave you in the beginning weeks of the season, where he's giving you forty points consistently, um, now to be down at ten point seven and, and really not even being startable the last couple of weeks is a huge uh, change of pace. So he'll look to get right this week on Thursday night as they take on the Bucks, who just got embarrassed by the Panthers. We'll see how that goes. All right, and then running back uh, Lenny Fournette, three point six points. Played well the last couple of weeks. This week was definitely a down week for him for the entire Bucks offense, actually. But uh, Fournette owner, you're expecting at least at least eight to ten points, and this is is not even coming close, which is pretty scary. But yeah, when you go back and look at the whole year for Fournette, he struggled against the better teams, and then he's really feasted against the weaker ones. So it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward if that trend continues. Wide receiver piece of shit of the week, uh, Drake London. Uh, it's starting to become a theme now. Uh, he's not even catching passes anymore. He had 1.4 fantasy points. Uh, he had one target, too, with one, that catch. Only one target. It's getting bad. And I think they it's had 13, 13, um, yeah, 13 passing attempts. Are you serious? Yes. And so uh, it's just it's just an all around bad offense for receivers. Uh, the Kyle Pitts woes continue uh, over on to Drake London, and um, I've been telling you for weeks. <laughs> um, and then yeah, Mark Andrews said, oh, right? Sorry, last yeah. two, yeah. yes, called that last two weeks weeks ago. I mean, he, he's like this guy's a TD dependent wide receiver, and now he's not even catching balls. So wonderful. Um, and then Mark Andrews rounds out our our bottom feeders of the week. Mark Andrews point four points. By far his worst performance of the season. Uh, he was trying to keep pace with Travis Kelsey, and really he's really fallen off. So um, he's going to have to get back. Same with Lamar Jackson. Kind of if one has a bad a bad week, seems like the other one does as well. Um, and I think they'll be trying to hope to get Rashad Bateman back and involved in the offense sooner rather than later because it seems like they've really uh, seen a downtick since Bateman's been out. So no, um, no, we'll take a look at Thursday night and see see what changes, if anything. All right, next segment, hold them, fold them. First one, Tyler Algier. Um, I will hold him just because he scored a touchdown last week. And if the Falcons are throwing 13 times a game, uh, they're going to be running the ball. He had more rushing attempts than Mariota had passing attempts. (laughs) So that that kind of shows you, like, sure, he didn't do that well. 50 yards and one touchdown, but... He's a starting running back in the NFL as of right now until Patterson gets back. Yeah, and that's, yes, that's, that's where that's I was going to come from. So Patterson should be back next week, not this week, but the following week. So um, the reason I put him in here is he was in our waiver article. I agreed with the the pickup, but he's a very short-term play. If, if Patterson comes back, retakes the reins, 
Algier falls by the wayside. He's got Carolina this week who just stuffed Leonard Fournette in a, in a much more effective Tampa Bay uh, offense. So I do think you kind of hold him just because of what he can do, but he's on, he's on the hot seat. I mean, if there's somebody that you needed to drop off of your team to add a wide receiver, cause you're hurting a wide receiver on bye week, he'd be, he'd be a candidate for that for me. It's hard to start him. Right. That's the only thing. And then Not a lot of confidence. Parsons back the week after that. It's like, okay, yeah. winning you. <laughs> It's fair. I'll, I'll say uh, to Damian Williams is creeping around the corner too. Uh, I think that uh, he was on the IR maybe a week after Patterson. Um, he was IR week two. Yeah. So, yeah. So he should be, uh, whatever it is, he should be coming back soon if he is. Um, but their schedule looks fantastic. Carolina twice, Chargers, Chicago, Washington, and Pittsburgh in the next six games. So they look great. Um but uh, his his yards per carry the last three weeks, 3.4, 3.4, and 3.1. Yeah, it's so not good. It's not great. Um, I would uh, fold him based off of everything I'm looking at. There's, there's, there's no positives outside of the schedule, which you can't just play the schedule. All right. And go broke just playing the schedule. Um, number two hold fold of the week, Jarek McKinnon. I know we kind of talked about him on the previous podcast a little bit and said his snap percentage is higher than the two guys that we deem the starters. But um, what do you think? Hold, fold. I'm going to fold him. I folded him prior to this last week just because it, it just seems like you're never going to guess right when he's going to do well because the most he's had this season was eight fantasy points and you weren't guessing to, to do that. You know, you you weren't like really projecting he was going to get those points. He's currently on a bye, so you can't hold him. He had four right. touches last week, so it's just—I mean—he might get the playing time, but he's just not really doing much. Yeah, yeah, risky flex play on a bye is a fold for me. I think that that should be like an equation. Yep. <laughs> MC equals MC. Well, that's not it. But the next one, <laughs> Mark Ingram. He's a fold for me. I know he's like the handcuff and yada, yada. And I always make the handcuff. You don't drop handcuffs argument. Even if Kamara goes down or anybody gets hurt in front of him, I don't think it matters. Uh, I don't think he's, he's having a great game worthy of starting. I'd be more, you know, worried about starting Taysom Hill than, than Mark Ingram. So he's a fold for me. I don't think he should be on rosters. I agree. I would be folding him. Um, You know, He's got he hasn't gone over 7.8 fantasy points on the season and, and hasn't gone over six in the last four weeks. Yep. Every between him or Algier, you keep Algier, you you cut. Right. Right. Because at least some problem, yeah. like something could happen with Algier. We know Ingram's <laughs> role. Yeah. We know Ingram's yep. role. Yep. Yeah. Plus, if, if Kamara goes down, it's just Taysom Hill. That's about it. Uh next, Justice Hill, uh, Kenyon Drake. I'm going to cut both. Um, I know we make the handcuff thing every week, but we don't know who it actually is going to be with Gus Edwards back until J.K. Dobbins comes back, if he does come back this season. But I don't want to play the guessing game because it did last week with Kendrick. He got me 0.5. So, yeah, I'm gonna I agree. Him. I agree. Um, it looks like it's Gus Edwards' backfield. Like you said, J.K. could be back at, at, at any point. But, um, the same argument you made earlier. Like, are you going to start these guys with any amount of confidence, even if Gus Edwards goes down? No, I'm not. They're too inconsistent. Right. So, so Gus goes down. You're like, lineup. shit, who do I, 
who do I play? And then at that point, Baltimore brings someone else in. Like, no, yeah. they'll bring yeah, they reactivate. Def- yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> we I was making that joke a couple of weeks ago. Like this is not this is the Ravens running backs is not something that you want right now, and it, it actually hasn't been for the last couple seasons. Even with so J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards so on sad. the field, yeah, so, like their their team numbers are high, but they're so spread across many many mouths. I mean, we saw it last year too with Latavius, Demonte Freeman. Like mm. you didn't know who to pick each week. Yep. Next one, Deion Jackson, the Colts running back. Um, if you're a non uh, non if you're a non JT owner, um, this isn't like an Alexander Madison kind of handcuff where it's like, oh, you can play him each week or Michael Carter when Bruce Hall was healthy. When JT's playing, Deion Jackson is not even involved in the offense. So, um, if you're not a JT owner, cut him. If you're a JT owner with a six man bench, he's on your team. Yeah, and, and I kind of had thoughts or suspicions that he might take over Naheem Hines' role after we saw him kind of effectively catch the ball. That was not the case. Naheem Hines got every, yep. all the targets last week. He so, was a risk from the offense. Yep. So if you, t- if you took the risk and you kept Dion for last week, just cut him. Um, I think the other comment that, that follows with what you're saying about Alexander Madison is that JT doesn't have the injury history that Dalvin Cook has. So I expect JT to play the rest of the season and Dion Jackson to be ultimately irrelevant. So cut. Yeah, and you, you think Dion Jackson did this with Hines getting hurt in the first drive um, yeah. that game. So, Tyquan Thornton, I mean, I'm not, I don't know how many leagues he was even owned in to begin with, but he's a cut. Uh, there's not many Patriots receivers besides Myers I would even think about keeping on the team. So, him, even Devontae Parker, is even a hard person to keep. Yeah, Um I put him on here just because I saw he was added in a few leagues after his 19 point game the, the previous week. Um, I think he's, I think he's safe to cut. Uh, I think the Patriots offense doesn't look that great. And I think the 19 probably ends up being an outlier. He did get five targets this week, but you saw what happened. Those five targets turned into one catch for next to nothing. So um, I'll wait till some more consistent performances come, come around. I'd cut him. How many people even have him on their roster? To be honest, this is probably a good, Good, good guy to talk about for the fact that like there are people sometimes trying to get cute. Seven percent rostered. Okay, there you go. So I have a little bit of a interesting thought on Thornton that this week sucked because they were going through a whole quarterback situation and the Chicago Bears just I don't know they 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 played their asses off and the Patriots look like shit. You know they did not come to play. So. He's gotten five targets in the last two games and then gets the Jets and then Indianapolis. He's a kind of guy that's going to spout off. You know, you're not going to start him right now, right? So you're looking at the Jets game. You're not going to start him. Indianapolis, there's a possibility that you might start him if he does do well for the Jets. But he's a, he's a boom bust guy. Um, I think it makes sense if you if you are really looking for someone to someone cute, he could be there. If you don't have any room, like you need to cut this guy because he has a bye week, week 10 after you're, you know, you're not going to play him for the next two weeks. So look to maybe get him again in week 10 if he does do well for the Jets in Indianapolis. But most people are not going to have him on their team by week 10. Yeah. Like the people that are holding on to Jameson Williams, drop him for this guy. Right. Yeah. Jameson Williams, they said too, is going to be another week out. I mean, another month out. Before at, he even like at least at so, least yeah so he's probably on a plan. 
Um, Russell Gage, this one's easy for me. He's a cut. Uh, he's not playing this week, too. And we're not hoping, but we're waiting for an Evans and or Godwin injury for him to have a role. And I just don't see that happening. Like even when, when they were both out week three, I think he had his a fantastic game, but that's they're both out. Plus Julio was out too. So gauge, I, I think he's a cut. Yeah. He has not been what we expected him to be cut. Mm, has not gone over five fantasy points. Oh, well, 5.9, but uh, six fantasy points in four weeks. Bye-bye. Yeah. And you saw some rust him last week that Brady was pissed. Like, not that he gave up, like, he just didn't r- continue running the routes. And Brady had, like, put it on him on a yep. dime. If you just ran and Brady's like, dude, Brashad per- Perrin's back n- next week. You're, you're out of here. Yeah. Uh, Devon Duvernay. Uh, Dallas, you can take this one first. Can I kind of look this up? Yeah, he's a cut for me as well. Um, hasn't really performed the last few weeks. He came out of the seat out of the gates hot to start the season, but um, hasn't been able to capitalize even with Bateman out of the lineup. Andrews being ineffective, the team just doesn't seem to be looking for him. Um, he, he's not a guy I'm going to roster any longer. I, I think if you held on to him till this point, you've already waited too long. So I think I, I would cut him at this point. Yeah, it's too risky. You don't know the week he's going to hit. So. Cut uh, Robbie Trees, Robert Woods. Uh, Craig, can you take this one? Um, well, I'm still holding on to him because even Kyle Phillips just went on IR. They just signed. Who was it that you were talking about, Scott? Chris Conley. Chris Conley. Chris Conley yeah. Like, they're desperate for wide receivers right now. And I just it's just hard to drop a guy who is the one and um, – they, they, they need wide receivers, you know, he has not played well. Uh, I will say that, but he plays Houston this week should, should be a decent matchup. Kansas city is, is a little bit of a tougher secondary, but I, I just find it hard to drop a guy that is really the only wide receiver there. You know, you'll, I'd like to hang on to a guy that while he's struggling does have all the opportunity. Um, you know, it's, 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 I don't really know who I'm going to add that, is going to be better off opportunity-wise for Woods. Right. Like, you don't cut wide receiver ones, even if they're in terrible offenses, like, more often than not. And that's really what he he is in this offense, which is kind of weird to say that Robert Woods is a bona fide wide receiver one with these stats. But um, I'm not cutting him either. I'm, I'm holding on to him. I mean, who else are you going to throw the ball to? Nick Westbrook, Akini, who sucks. He's not doing anything. Um, like you said, Kyle Phillips is hurt. Traylon Burks is still on IR. IR. I don't even know who their tight end is. Austin uh, Hooper and Akanku. Oh. Yeah. And really, I mean, Derrick Henry's played well. So if you're going to keep, keep giving the ball to Derrick Henry, eventually that play action is going to work. I know Tannehill got uh, a little bit of an ankle injury, so he's going to be a little less mobile this week. But ultimately, that's where we've seen Robert Woods thrive his entire career is operating off of play action. So hopefully we get back to that. I mean, fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, uh, go, go, going back to Algiers, the same argument. He's the starting position player on an NFL team. Yep. <laughs> it's got to hit at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, Elijah Mitchell, I put him in here because um, guys that have IR spots or deep bench spots, or right, IR spots, you're probably not even dropping. Yeah, if you have an IR spot, you can keep him. But um, he's a good use of that position. 
CMC is in um, San Fran now. So when Mitchell comes back, he's the RB2 to CMC. But I would expect CMC to have the, you know, all the work. Uh, cut, cut for, for me. Unless you own so CMC on a deep bench, I, that's I it. Th- yeah. I think he's the perfect trade guy right now to be on IR and actually have value because there is a world that everyone is so very familiar with in the last two years that CMC gets hurt. And now he's with San Francisco where all the running backs get hurt. So there's, I I honestly believe, I don't, I don't think you can cut him because I think someone would pick him up. And it's weird to say that because he's back up to CMC, but he's probably one of, he's easily now, one of the best handcuff running he's backs. Probably the best handcuff. So like he, he overtakes Madison there as the best handcuff. Yeah. I know and it's I, sucks, and I would hold him for that. But simple. but it depends. Like the only thing with that, he's coming back week ten or eleven. You still got to hold on to that. But if you do have him, like hopefully you're a CMC owner, and it's like, boom, that worked out perfectly. It actually, as a matter of fact, it happened to me. Oh. I had, I had, I had CMC and Elijah Mitchell on my team. Perfect. <laughs> Before the trade. Perfect. Not really, because I lost a starter in the process. <laughs> that is true. Okay, so not perfect, but. But yeah, I'm holding Elijah Mitchell. I mean, I just think he, he what he provides, if CMC goes down, you're not going to replace on whoever you're going to pick up right now. If you can afford the bench spot, of course. If you have a five-man five bench, no tough. IR slot. Uh, if it's, you have five-man bench, you're trying to trade that guy to the CMC owner for yes for any bi-week player. Yeah. Yep. All right. We're filling. So that is the end of Holden Foldem. Buy low, sell high. I was gonna like do like a song there, but there's no song for buy low. You gotta buy low and you gotta buy when low it and sell it when it's higher. Nice. And the other guy. (laughs) Kenny Flodgers. Yep. All right. Um, Craiger. Beautiful guys. Um (laughs) So uh, we had two studs of, of the week uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals in Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd uh, somehow. And, and now T Higgins is actually a perfect little buy low because he hasn't had more than, well, he had 11.8 fantasy points last week, which was actually a pretty decent number, but again, borrow balled out. Um, you look at the stats and everything. He's, he's still a, a, a player that, um, is going to do well. Like you have confidence knowing that T Higgins is going to start to produce again. But prior to that, he had his ankle injury. He can, he hardly played. He, I guess, I guess he had like two snaps in the Baltimore game. And then um, in, in the New Orleans game in week six, he didn't really do much either because of the ankle. Uh, but you see Tyler Boyd get involved and some people might start to get scared and, and Higgins might be viable at the beginning part of the year. He had, Granted, first game was not that great, but he had 16, 12, and then a 22-point game where he was nearly over 100 yards each and every one of those games with two touchdowns that he was almost not viable. People were like, holy shit, T. there's something here. He was a wide receiver one. Um, so with the last three down weeks, I think he's available, and I still have so much confidence in him uh, going on the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, and like we said, by, by Bengals. By the Bengals. Except the Bengals. I, I don't I don't believe in Boyd that much. Oh, actually, I don't want to spoil it. Hey, we'll get there. <laughs> um, 
I feel like someone has a Boyd cell. <laughs> just, uh, just yeah. a feeling. Just a about feeling. That. Um, my buy low is Christian McCaffrey. We talked about him. If you listen to the last podcast, you heard Tom uh, sternly warn against selling CMC. But if you can convince the person who owns them that exactly what we told you not to believe in, you can convince the other owner that that is all true, that Jeff Wilson is a threat, that Elijah Mitchell is coming back, that CMC split carries with Jeff Wilson in his first game, and that's how it's going to go, blah, 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 blah. Spin this tale. None of it's true. Buy CMC low. He's a workhorse running back, but people have these, these somewhat irrational fears. I would be more than happy to buy CMC for – Let's say if you could swing a deal for Gus Edwards and Tyler Boyd and like Jamal Williams, I'll send a three for one just to just add CMC to my team. I don't know that anybody would do that, but if you could make it happen, why not? I mean, if somebody is hurting on bye weeks, they need position fillers, send them two running backs to replace CMC plus a wide receiver, maybe get that done. Now's the time. Yeah, I mean, this week you're never going to be done. able to buy him again. I mean, eight points is going to be probably the lowest on the season that he that he puts up. Eight points and 23% snaps is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, yeah, really, honestly, if he ends up playing <laughs> 75% snaps, it's a 24-point game. Yep. He keeps that pace. Uh, my buy low, we talked about the uh, Falcons backfield earlier, but Cordell Patterson is my buy low. He's out this week. He should be back week nine. Craig said it before. Chargers, Carolina. Chicago is a horrific run defense. Got Pittsburgh. Like the schedule is so easy for them. And we've seen the RBs fill in for him do jack shit. Patterson's the guy to own there. He's when he's playing, it's not Pitts in the receiving game. It's Patterson. It's not London. It's Patterson. Patterson is first three weeks 22, four down week 23. And then 9.8 when he got hurt in the first half. So he is the offense of the Falcons. Very easy schedule. You get him now before he comes back week nine, uh, before it's too late. Yeah, I think that's a smart play. Because he's missed he what he did. He's missed, missed three and a half weeks. He's RB29 in the season. He's missed three <laughs> and a half weeks. Yep, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, he's, he's a bona fide stud. I don't know how, but he is. Yep, still don't get it, but... <laughs> Uh, my sell high is Debo Samuel. And you might think of, oh, because CMC is there. And yeah, that, that is to- totally going to hurt him too. But he's dealing with a hammy. And th- this is a guy that has had a plenty of soft tissue injuries in the past. He missed almost the entire 2020 season. 2021, he stayed pretty m- much healthy. But it, I, I I just can't trust the hamstring injury. Um, if you can sell him as a top eight wide receiver, you do it now because I don't think he comes. He'll, pro, he'll probably come close to it, but you're going to see more missed games going forward um, after week eight. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a perfect uh, take there because soft tissue injuries tend to repeat, and if you can get what you can, do it now. Um, my sell high. Craig touched on this briefly, but. Tyler Boyd, I know I yelled by Bengals, but by the Bengals you believe in, not the ones you don't. Tyler Boyd's had some big games the last couple of weeks. I just don't see the world where that happens consistently or continues to happen when you have talents like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase on the same team catching balls from the same quarterback. So I would try to capitalize on Boyd's big weeks, see if you can sell him. I know your team probably needs a running back like every other team in the world. 
try to package him with another running back on your team for, for a higher tier running back and just try to capitalize on the 25 point outing that likely doesn't happen again this season. I think this is your real all, only opportunity to sell Boyd above market value. You sell Boyd for Cordero Patterson right now. I think that makes a lot of sense. If I could do that, I would a, a million percent. All right. I love my, my sell high, not because I'm picking it, but because I have him in multiple leagues. Miko Hardman has started to look decent in fantasy points. However, he's gotten like 30 to 50 yards each of the last couple of weeks. And 32 yards last week. Yeah, he had two touchdowns. It's fantastic. Yep. With 32 yards. And like he's been targeted in the red zone a lot, which is fantastic. You know, we we want red zone guys, but he's not a red zone guy. He's like six feet tall at most. Five ten. He's five ten, yeah. yeah he's five ten. <laughs> Small hands, sells <laughs> of cabbage. And um, so last week he had 42 yards and a touchdown. And the week before that, um, he had 73 yards. That was the most of the season. Um but, uh, you know, he only had 10 fantasy points. So the last three weeks, double digit points. Great. Um, oh, shoot. He has a bye week this week. I didn't even notice that. Um, sorry. It's a little bit, a little bit tougher, but I think you can, <laughs> I think you can convince people that he's, he's, he's on the chiefs. He's, you know, able to, uh, put up fantasy points the last three weeks. Um, I think he's definitely someone that you could get. Uh, a decent running back for um because prior to that i mean the guy the guy had two weeks where he had zero points and, and hadn't gone over double digits at all the first four weeks of the season so he started to heat up just in time maybe maybe you can't sell him this week maybe wait one more week because uh they have uh, he has the bye week and some people might have issues with that um or maybe go to the team in in, in first place and say hey listen i i need i need help and pretend like you don't know what you're doing and say, I, I need to give you Miko Hardman because he's on a buy and maybe he'll give you something good for it. Saka. Gotcha. <laughs> you say right before he hits accept. Oh, never mind. <laughs> All right. Uh, stop playing with my emotions. Craig, do you have one or I can go first? Right. Yeah, you go first. All right. It's not a player. It's not a team. It's, Fantasy wise, two for two for one trade proposals, and and it comes this time of the year, close to the NFL trade deadline, close to your fantasy trade deadline, close to bye weeks. When people send two players, they think, oh, these two equal this one guy. Like, don't send me Raheem Mostert and Tyler Boyd for Austin Eckler, just because those two make up, you know, what Austin Eckler does, but by himself no cut cut the fucking shit <laughs> i just can't stand like the and the best part is just they tell you like oh this is a good deal for you because this and that. if you're trading the one player in the two for one deal you're you're losing that trade more yeah. often than not 100 percent, dude it drives me nuts the reasoning behind it has has been flawed since the two for one trade was invented, yeah. like oh, in their schedule week thirteen, you're gonna win the fantasy playoffs. Do right. of it, and then acting like you're doing me a favor drives me nuts. If you were doing me a favor, I wouldn't even have to think about the trade because it'd be that lopsided and obvious, and you wouldn't do it either. Nobody's gonna do a trade where they get screwed over. So, yeah, I, I love this one. The two for one trades yeah. are hey, cr- crazy. I like. Right. Y- you guys a lot. I would never do you guys a favor. Yeah, let me do you a favor. The only time yeah. you did me a Let favor me help was you give me Olamide Zacchaeus, and then somehow Chris Conley outscored him by twenty points. 
Um, yeah, the, the, <laughs> these are wide receivers six or seven in fantasy. So yeah, but like, like you were saying though, you add up the points for two guys. They're like, oh, dude, you have two guys. Like, okay, cool. Now I have to eat two spots out of my roster where Eckler was scoring enough points for three for slots. Two. With one, yeah. I rather like add a. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Drives, drives me, me crazy. No one really grants my gears. <laughs> um. All right, I'll take mine now. My mine is Lamar Jackson. And you could extend this to the entire Ravens offense for, for that matter. But Lamar Jackson has consistently week over week gotten worse this year. He started off hot, like quarterback two range. And now he's still quarterback four, but that's not what he's done lately. If you were to look at his last four weeks, you're at 15, 15, 17, and 10, uh, which I just simply don't get. So last week he only had 16 passing attempts, nine completions, and then ran the ball 10 times for his second lowest total of the season for 59 yards. Like none of that is the way the Ravens win football games. So I don't know why that's what we're doing. If he's going to win, he's going to get the ball to Mark Andrews, who didn't do anything last week. If he's going to win, he's going to run the ball effectively in the right situations, which he didn't do last week. And all of this boiled together. You can toss in the running back situation when you don't know which running back is going to do anything on a daily basis. Maybe that's affecting Lamar. I doubt that it really is, but it all starts from him down. If he's not going to play better than nine for 16 for 120 with no touchdowns, he doesn't deserve the $200 million guarantee contract he's asking for. So I really was happy to have Lamar in a lot of leagues this year, knowing that he didn't have a contract in place. And I thought that he was going to ball out. And I really thought I hit on it the first two, three weeks. And since then I've really been, really been upset. So sort it out. You piece of shit. I mean, first three weeks MVP. Oh yeah. And then hasn't scored over 50 points. since. bum. All right. I got my plan with my emotions because because red zone did me good this past week where I, I saw like a 24 point swing happen in the matter of 30 seconds. Mike Evans drops a 70 yard bomb from Tom Brady and then and then Tyler Boyd catches his 70 yard bomb. So that just put this into my head of there needs to be more from Tom Brady. And, and I think it's Giselle Bunchen. And her bitch ass because she's she's made Tom Brady sad and he's only given me 11 fantasy points the last two weeks, which is sad. And I need the guy that came out of retirement to say fuck you to his family and fuck you to the world to come out and actually fuck the world because I am really not happy spending in my two quarterback league a fourth round pick on or a third round pick on Tom Brady. And, and getting nothing to show for it because I've had a four, five weeks now where he's finished below 15 fantasy points. Not good stuff. Yeah. He's only got one week on the season where he went over 20. So if we were to use him as, as, as our benchmark for hit and miss on start sets, he would have only hit one week out of, out of seven so far. So 15 points a game is what his average is, which Oddly enough, is good enough for QB twelve on the year. Which yeah, we could. I was just looking at that too. I'm like, we could just say QBs on the season are down as a, as a result yeah, across the board. But still, you expect more out of Tom Brady with the weapons he has at his disposal. And like you said, Evans missed a seventy yard touchdown um, pass. So that's a that's that a twelve. It's, ju- it's just there. it's just it's Giselle's <laughs> fault. It's yeah, all just that makes sense. Fault. because because she had some voodoo magic she was doing. 
Antonio Brown's doing her. So there's there's obviously some <laughs> issue there. Behind every great quarterback, there is a woman either motivating him to do well or dragging him down. <laughs> and it used to be she was, you know, the pinnacle of success and helping Brady win games. And now she's the one that's costing him all of his talent. She space jammed him. Space jammed him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mid-season awards. Oh, right. want to sing we something have, or we haven't uh it's we have mid-season not. awards. You're gonna win some awards, and then sometimes you're not. The next heir to the Iron Throne is. Yeah, um, I should start watching that again because I'm watching House of Dragons, so I'm like, I'm just gonna friggin' watch it it and then just start at it over. Yeah, so I started over again. (laughs) I just saw Ned Stark's execution, and every time I watch it, I'm like. Oh, it's gonna change. It's gonna change this time. Dude, this is gonna change this time. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna of change. all the shows, it's change. of all the shows, like, leave. I'm like, just leave. Fuck! I fucking yeah. knew. I fucking knew. I'm like, just fucking listen to Brian's fucking brother <laughs> and get the fuck out of there, man. Uh, okay. Um, enough about that. Fantasy MVPs. Um, so we have all picked Travis Kelsey as a fantasy MVP. Uh, Dow was gonna talk more about that. Yeah, I was a big advocate for Kelsey to win uh, this very prestigious award, her must midseason MVP role. He is just having another Travis Kelsey-esque elite, ultra-elite tight end season. He's obviously tight end number one, no surprise there for anybody. But if you look at his numbers, he'd be wide receiver two or running back number four, which, I mean, it just once again goes to show that if you're a guy that's taking Travis Kelsey in the first round, you might look like an ass, but you're smart. And it's working out for you because you have a set it and forget it tight end every single week who's producing numbers that are going to outpace everybody else. And you can go ahead and take your running backs, wide receivers in the next two, three, four rounds and literally probably dominate your league. So um, Kelsey, more props to you. You're a freak. I hate playing against you. I love watching you play when you play anybody else, but he's just an absolute menace out there. And I think he can play for as long as he wants to at at, at a high level. And I think he's going to do that. Should we uh, say a few other guys that are honorable? Yeah, some honorable mentions. Um, we had Josh Allen, who, who was very close to, to winning this award. He's absolutely dominated the, the quarterback position. Pat Mahomes is right behind him in terms of points. But um, then you've got Joe Burrow, who, who snuck up there this week with, with a big outing. Um, then we had Austin Eckler, who, again, very, very close. Uh, definitely, definitely on the podium for this. Uh, if we were to do a first, second, third place, I definitely think he would have ended up there. He's been really the saving grace for the Chargers, the only guy putting up points on a consistent basis for them with then Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs uh, right behind him at the running back position. Josh Jacobs honestly had a, had a great bid over the last few weeks as well, um, considering that he had a bye week mixed into all these while Eckler and Chubb got to play a full slate. Um, and then from the wide receiver position, you had Diggs and Cup, who are both having fantastic seasons in their own right, but with Kelsey kind of uh, splitting them you know, Diggs wide receiver one, Kelsey wide receiver two, and couple wide receiver three. Um, this made the most sense to give it to Kelsey and let him take the cake. Yep. I I think that it's the right call due to the position. Yeah, and especially when you consider the next highest tight end is Mark Andrews at just over 100 points versus Kelsey's 123 in half PPR. Like that gap alone for tight ends, that could be a three-game gap for most players. 
So That's very true. Um, the, the way that he's just outpacing himself and his, his, his worst games are always 12 to 13 points. That, that, yeah. That's his floor, which yeah. is some tight ends would kill to have that. Uh, and now the snicker of the year, the bust of the year. I think um, we all gave it to Najee Harris as the biggest bust. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy who was a first round pick and healthy or not, he's played every single week. And he's in your lineup every single week. That's the thing. You can't take him out. And that's why he's the bust. Like, if he missed three weeks, sure, you know, that's on him. That's on the team. But he's losing you probably two to three games so far this season, just being in your RB1 spot. Yeah, you drafted him expecting 15-plus a game. Instead, you're lucky to get double digits. And that, like you said, is, has probably lost you matchups. If you lost a game by less than five points, it was Najee's fault, more than likely. Yep. Which is, is tough. I, I didn't see it coming. I didn't think that offense would get worse under Mitch or Pickett versus Big Ben's corpse, you know, quarterbacking him last year. But here we are. Yeah. Um, then a few other guys. Elijah Moore is definitely up there. He's wide receiver 80. On the year right now, he's pulling a little. He's being a little bitch right now, uh, asking <laughs> for a trade as a your team's winning games for the first time in probably twenty five years. Um, so he's up there, and then a few other guys: Russ Wilson. We don't talk to about that guy at all. You guys all know, and and then DJ Moore. Yeah, Elijah Moore hasn't hit double digits all year, and then sat out last week. So little bitch move. Um, and then DJ Moore just unfortunate, but seems like he's right in the ship this week. So fingers crossed for him. Russ Wilson to go do some high knees on the bus. You, you freaking weirdo. Oh, bitch. Drink your freaking bubble water. All right. Uh, Craig, you want to take the sleeper? Yeah. So uh, sleeper of the year. Um, I think it's more, more because we were writing him off. Uh, Miles Sanders. Uh, I'm going to eat some crow on it because I had him as my bus of the year. Uh, Kenny Gainwell did not take over his position, so he has absolutely busted it out this season um, and, and was a surprise uh, for, for all of us. And then the uh, next biggest one, I think, probably even keeled. Um, not sure if we actually had him over Sanders or not, but Geno Smith is definitely the biggest surprise out of the NFL this entire year. Uh, he didn't write back to anyone. And uh, he's definitely shown uh, the league that he deserves to be a starting quarterback and, and definitely one more higher than uh, the bust Russell Wilson. So uh, those two uh, were the biggest sleepers, biggest surprises. Uh, honorable mentions go to Danny Dimes, uh, Taysom Hill uh, for his godforsaken <laughs> ability to be a tight end. Um, Tyler Boyd. Uh, because of, of some of the big weeks that he's had. Christian Kirk, I think everyone laughed at his contract and kind of put him down a little bit, but he showed to be improved to be a pretty good player this year. Damian Pierce um, also being an honorable mention in the sleeper category and uh, Ramondre Stevenson because he's just so damn good right now. Uh, so those those round out the sleeper slash biggest surprises. Yeah, and then uh, for rookie of the year, we mentioned... Um, he was a, a finalist in the running for a sleeper and biggest surprise, but Damian Pierce um, is going to grab the rookie of the year title from us. It was real, real close. Um, Brees Hall was having just an absolutely 
monster breakout year, but he goes down with the injury. So it's kind of tough to give a hurt guy a midseason award. So we're going to audible and call it Damian Pierce, who, if you want to go level of expectation versus output, I think is still a, a very good pick for this. Um, you know, drafted much later than Brees Hall and really put on a show every single game that he's played. If you drafted him, you're probably winning games um, uh, on his back and on his hard work. Again, Brees Hall, fantastic. Sorry to see him go down with the ACL, but you still made our podium. So this is a pretty big um, honor for you. So enjoy it. And then Ken Walker rounds out our, our top uh, rookies of the year. You'll notice no wide receivers on here. Um, I think I Olave do, would have I do want to add, yeah. I do want to add Olave. We talked about him before we took him off. He's wide receiver 17 of the year. Yeah. And, and he, he's definitely and he missed there. a game. Well, he, yeah. he's got a bye week. So yeah. uh or was hurt. So Alave is definitely up there. I think he is 0.1 points less than Damian Pierce on the yeah. season. Um yeah. so I we, we gotta talk about him a bit. This is the bit. Yeah, Alave is good. Yeah, I mean, he's been fantastic. You've seen him. Um, he got a little dinged up with that possible concussion, hit his head, whatever. But um, he's just been uh, very, very consistent, despite the lack of consistency in the team around him. You know, it's been in James Winston, it's <laughs> been Andy Dalton, it's been Taysom Hill throwing him the ball. Um, and no matter what, he's he's been out there. He, first, he had Michael Thomas and uh, Jarvis Landry, and now it's him and Juwan Jennings, or uh, sorry, Juwan Johnson, and uh, yeah. whoever the hell else is catching the ball there. So really good on him the people that are like oh it's because mt's out and Landry's out. Well, well no the defense can just only focus on him and and he's doing that with that like if mt's right. there he's probably getting open more exactly yeah i don't think it's fair to say that his success is based on the absence of mt nope at all i mean i think if anything it would help so um yeah and then ken walker i think we, deserves a little bit more chitter chatter about him um he's really stepped up the last couple of weeks after really assuming the the number one role with Rashad Penny going down. And he looks like the running back of the future for the Seattle He Seahawks. is good. Yeah, Craig, which is great to see. Craig love him. doesn't like him. <laughs> I, oh, oh, sorry. I, I don't love him. Don't, yeah. He's gross. Um, So <laughs> who do you think would be the rookie of the year come season end? I would say Ken Walker. Ken Walker. <laughs> I think it's going to be Ken Walker. Um, he looks so good. Just the way he's come on lately. I don't, I don't see it going anywhere. And he has the benefit of Geno Smith in an, an, a functional offense around him, whereas Damian Pierce has Davis Mills, who I like. I think he's fine. But you're seeing the wide receivers there drop like flies. There's rumors that Brandon Cooks is going to get traded out of town. And if yep. that's the case, then teams are just going to play 11 in the box and say, go ahead and do something besides Damian Pierce. And Nico is out too for a bit. So, yeah. yeah. All right. All right, well, so those are the mid-season awards. Um, I'm sure they'll change a bit. Definitely the Rookie of the Year. But uh, Power Hour podcast soon? Yeah, typically oh, we do our mid-season rankings um, podcast. So that's going to be coming up probably next week. Um, we could even do it this weekend if you guys are free. I'm supposed to go look at leaves, but I could probably post on that. We'll, we'll talk about it off air. <laughs> <laughs> all right um dows take us out well thanks as always shelfies for listening we appreciate it we'll be sending out the mid-season awards to all the recipients so please be on the lookout for those please don't throw them in the trash they're very valuable um please don't think that it's crazy fan mail it's obviously coming from the tsf models um but as always we appreciate you listening follow us on social media top shelf fntsy on facebook instagram twitter 
Uh, we're at Top Shelf Fantasy on TikTok. We've got a ton of great content coming there any minute now. And then um, the one thing that we've mentioned on our previous podcast, if you listen, is our new partnership with Jock Market. Um, please use promo code TSF for 100% deposit match. Um, they're going to be running that for a little while, but we're not sure exactly how long that's going to be valid. So get in there quickly while the promo codes last. Um, if you have any questions, listen to the previous podcast. Tom does a great job of explaining Jock Market to you guys. And as always, stay fluid. Stay loose.